Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have more potential future Milwaukee Bucks to evaluate. Uh, last episode, I started a list of free agent guards, wings, forwards, and bigs that are within the Milwaukee Bucks wheelhouse as an organization with three at least borderline max players uh, already paying the tax for another year in a small market. So we have to keep our options realistic. And yeah, so some of these names are going to be unsexy. You're going to disagree with me. You're going to, you might scoff at some of the names I have, but I might, I might also laugh at some names that, that you would uh, throw at me. But uh, by all means, uh, give me some more suggestions. It's uh, early offseason, so I'm, I'm eager for more discourse for sure. Uh, yeah, and I feel like it stands uh, to be reminded pretty much every time I go into this debate... Uh, yeah, Bucks can't just sign anybody they want to for any uh, price as we have a soft cap. So every signing that we make has to be done with some sort of exception, whether that be through bird rights with our own free agents, which has, has their own limitations, as we're abundantly aware of with Bobby Portis being the best example of that. But then outside of that, we're limited to... Um, we're limited to our tax pyramid level exception, and I believe we have our biannual exception this year. Whatever reason, it seems un- uh, less clear to me when I look for confirmation on that. Um, so, and of course, minimum salaries were. Um, our minimum salary salaries are always an option unless we are hard capped. Um, there are some ways that that could be triggered, but I would rather read up, um, you know, on a reminder for what triggers that, um, uh, biannual ex- exception might be one of those. I know a taxpayer mid-level exception is one of those. And then a sign and trade is one of those that, uh, triggers that. That's just off the top of my dome. So feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Now, the single biggest news of this episode and uh, temper your expectation, um, your expectations for these news items at this point of the year. But uh, according to Sham Sharania of the Athletic, the Bucks have officially promoted Charles Lee as the associate head coach under Mike Budenholzer. Uh, Milwaukee's prioritized a new deal for Charles Lee in hopes of keeping him and not losing our top two of our top assistants in the same off season. Off season. 
uh, as Eric Name of The Athletic put in an article that I was skimming before this, it is yet another price of being a top-tiered organization. Um, but at the end of the day, we are ecstatic for our guys um, to get opportunities as you know, bittersweet is, is a good word for it because we want to keep our talent, but if it's best for them to move on, then we want the best for them for everything that they've given us. And, uh, yeah, it can definitely be disheartening to hear hear the names get passed on yet again. However, if you're like me, you might not actually know a ton about Charles Lee. It's hard to know uh, much about assistant coaches in the NBA. It's said a lot that uh, might be tough to have an idea of what what uh you know what a guy's schemes are gonna look like um if they're coming from being an associate head coach if they've never had a chance to be to be an actual head coach before in the NBA. This will be the first time for Darvin Ham and hopefully Charles Lee gets that opportunity as well. They've had head coaching experience experiences I'm not positive Charles Lee's been head coach at at any of his stops, but I believe Darvin Ham was a head coach in the G League at one point. But of course, that's night and day between the NBA and the G League. So hard to say how comparable that would be. In Shams' notification about Charles Lee being promoted, he also said that Lee is still a candidate for the Utah Jazz opening. So in the end, this might not mean a ton, but... I at least am encouraged that the Bucks are making an effort an effort out there to, you know, keep the gang together here. To share some of what I learned about Lee in some quick research. Uh Lee was a four four year six three or yeah, six three guard at Bucknell University where he spent four years. He played professionally in Israel, Belgium, and Germany for for uh for two years, uh, back at Bucknell, uh, he was the 2006 Patriot League Player of the Year. He's a two-time first-team All-Patriot League, one-time second-team when he was a sophomore. Yeah, he scored over 1,100 points in his four years at uh, at Bucknell. He also met his future wife at Bucknell. She was also a hooper at Bucknell University while while they were there together. Um, and then after being the 2006 Patriot League Player of the Year, Lee spent summer league and preseason with the San Antonio Spurs, but he didn't make the regular season roster. That's what sparked his career overseas. Then uh, he transitioned into coaching. After that, he spent, you know, two to four years, somewhere in that range, um, with Bucknell University. I don't remember for sure if he was an assistant or a head coach or both during his tenure there, but in 2014, uh, along with Darvin Ham, that's when he joined Mike Budenholzer's staff in Atlanta. 
And he, of course, along with Ham, followed Bud to Milwaukee, where he's now been since 2018. Yeah, 2018-19 season was when Bud and the staff came over. Now with the Quinn Snyder resignation, I'd heard murmurs of this, but it sounded kind of crazy to me. But Snyder did technically spend one year as an assistant coach next to Bud in Atlanta. So Quinn Snyder, as accomplished as, as he is already, uh, been been widely regarded as one of the one of the top tier coaches in the league for a while. He's he's also part of Bud's coaching tree, which is a uh, Pretty crazy to think about, at least for me. So yeah, hopefully we get to keep uh, Charles Lee, but if we don't, it might be for the best for him. And uh, yeah, Lockdown Bucks did also consider the idea of Quinn Snyder joining the Bucks staff. That sounds uh, far less likely now that Charles Lee is the... Uh, is the lead assistant. You'd think Snyder would at least uh, want to be a lead assistant where he goes, but but then again, maybe it doesn't quite matter uh, to Snyder, as some have thrown out the idea that this could kind of be a gap year for Snyder before he may want to take over for Greg Popovich uh, on the San Antonio Spurs. However, we've been talking for probably approaching a decade on how much longer uh, Greg Popovich will want to coach. Hard to say, but as the years go on, it does, it obviously gets more likely than it was before. <laughs> it's maybe not saying much, but it would be cool. It's maybe not far-fetched because there's obviously uh, the connection there, but on second thought with the Lee promotion, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a... I want to get my hopes up too high there. And speaking of the Budenholzer uh, coaching tree, Kenny Atkinson was just hired as the Charlotte Hornets head coach. Ironically, he's replacing James Borrego, who was also um, on Popovich's uh, staff, along with Mike Budenholzer. Uh, But Kenny Atkinson was... uh, was applauded for the work that he did uh, with the Brooklyn Nets um, when they were um, more of an up-and-coming team before Kevin Durant and uh, and uh, Kyrie Irving. Uh, I think he's considered to be a solid developmental coach in the league, which uh, fits with with uh you know where sh- where the Charlotte Hornets are at right now they've been well they've underwhelmed in the play-in tournament the past two seasons but that's more than uh, uh well that's more than several teams can say for themselves in the Eastern Conference and Kenny Atkinson did notably beat out uh, Mike D'Antoni Uh, which, I mean, that's a pretty tall task, to be sure, but Hornets uh, seem to have uh, a lot more room to make up on the defensive end, so 
maybe uh maybe it makes maybe it makes more sense than uh than people may think uh on paper anyways i think i may go ahead and and uh you know cover cover the rest of my uh list of po possible uh possible bucks free agent candidates uh first one i have is Derek Jones Jr not uh not a really sexy name but he is a rangy defender obviously he's he's uh mostly known for his high flying ability uh but yeah what i'm thinking about most right now and this will tie in to um, my prospect evaluation for this week is um yeah without having chris middleton against the celtics this year my my uh my ideals are a little bit uh distorted um in that I especially um feel myself gravitating more towards uh you know adding more athleticism and uh and size of course that's the hottest commodity in the NBA but those are guys that you are 100% sure uh won't play themselves uh off the court or or will at least do so um after other guys who are maybe too small. I mean, Javon Carter, I'm not quite as much. Um, I might not. I mean, I do, I do love Javon Carter. I want the, want the bucks to bring him back. I hope that, uh, I hope that the familiarity there will help us retain, will help us retain Javon. Um, his spirits never seem to be uh, too hurt in, you know, the lack of chances that he got during the postseason. Uh, I mean, he was waived in the middle of the season, and the Bucks picked him up, and and uh, and he had some some really good spurts for us. So, yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping the playoffs didn't totally uh, make Javon, uh, you know, spurn his, his time with the Bucks, but yeah, I know with Derek Jones Jr. I talked, uh, with, uh, JJ of the 305 Culture podcast about him when he was with the Heat and, uh, JJ wasn't particularly, uh, you know, intrigued with, what Derek Jones Jr. can bring, he's, he's, uh, well, what makes him such a high flyer possibly is the fact that he is rail thin, so, yeah, his length makes up for it a little bit on defense, but he can also be buried in the post by, by some bigger guys, uh, but we have some big bodies, too, in 
and uh, Giannis, Brooke, and Bobby, so maybe it wouldn't be the worst fit. And the Bucks are limited, so... Uh, I don't want to be too quick to write anyone off. Now, someone who I think is less likely to have mutual interest or just more likely to stay with his current team is Jeff Green, who has a $4.5 million player option. Uh, He probably loves playing next to Nikola Jokic, and the Nuggets will have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back next year, so they can be uh, even more of title contenders. $4.5 million for a veteran like Jeff Green is uh, nothing to turn, turn your nose up at, I believe. So, I don't want to get my hopes up there, but he was awesome for the Brooklyn Nets two years ago. I've just watched less of the Nuggets in the past year, but it seemed like a perfect situation for him there, too. But, uh, yeah, technically, I will <laughs> say it until I, I very well can't. Technically, the Bucks are still the reigning NBA champions for, you know, at least for this podcast. At least for this podcast, I don't know about the next time I record, but for now they're they're the reigning NBA champions, so we should be on the top of uh, of uh, free agents priority lists. Now for you know more questionable reasons, the guy who is probably far less interested in Milwaukee is Carmelo Anthony. I did just have him down here because he kind of he kind of fit all of the filters that I had for guys I put on this list in uh in a veteran who can shoot doesn't expect a doesn't expect a large contract next season but even with how embarrassing of a season the Lakers had this year he probably just wants to be next to his guy LeBron and uh, for his um, his own individual performance this year was a lot better than some other uh, some other Lakers. Uh, and Melo might also uh, value opportunity a little more than actual the actual chances of winning a championship. And he also gives gives up a ton on defense. So. This might be the example I'm talking about where uh, Bucks fans are like, what the heck are you talking about? We don't want him, but but yeah, Mello can, uh, does, anyone, does anyone remember in, at the beginning of the year when Mello was, was uh, scoring a ton off the bench and there was, there was at least one episode there was maybe a handful of episodes I listened to this year of other NBA shows that I listened to that brought up Melo as a six man of the year <laughs> candidate because he was scoring so much off the bench. And uh and yeah, we have we have guys who can who could uh you know, 
insulate his his issues on defense and uh, we can also create some some open looks for him on offense but he's gonna be in LA next year so we'll leave it at that uh, for as many possibly underwhelming names as we have on on this list I think uh, one of the guys that that would j- jump out more than others is Kyle Anderson. Uh, like Grayson Allen, he would be coming from the Memphis Grizzlies, who uh, they just had their GM named as the executive of the year, and that might be. I don't know if that that's solely for the work he's done this past year, but just sort of a uh, a lagging award for everything he's done for the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah, because they they seem to have potentially too many guys um, that deserve time on the floor to keep and pay. So, yeah, we could, uh, yeah. I think whoever ends up with Kyle Anderson this offseason is going to be uh, very lucky as a, you know, he's a, He's a big guy, a veteran who can shoot and play make uh, for others. Uh, isn't the most athletic as a guy with the nickname Slow Mo, but size size makes up for it. Uh, veteran savviness might make up for it. Spent a lot of time um, with the Spurs in addition to the Grizzlies too. Two great organizations to start your career career with. So, uh, I would love the chance to have Kyle Anderson, and I think there's actually a route for us to get there. Um, another better name on this li- list, I think, is Torian Prince. He's kind of bounced around a bit, but uh, I don't know. A lot of teams have taken flyers on him i know with the atlanta hawks when they were especially rebuilding so take it uh as you will he was uh i thought he had a lot of scoring upside and then when he signed with the nets he spent a little bit of time with uh katie and Kyrie. he was kind of more um projected as a as a switchable defender who can who can um yeah just use his uh length and and uh athleticism to you know take some of the load on defense off of off of their stars that's pretty much the uh you know how he's played with uh you know the Cavs and Timberwolves since but I mean, I like what I've seen enough in the in the times where I've watched him on uh, teams that I pay less attention to, and uh, I've seen enough glimpses in his young career to to convince myself that he won't be a total. He, well, 
Yeah, he can contribute on both ends to varying degrees. And uh, the fact that he's bounced around so much and now sneakily the Timberwolves, like the Grizzlies, have have developed uh, enough guys to make me think that uh, that we could that we could uh, jump on a couple opportunities, uh, you know. Yeah, to to give these guys uh, rotation minutes that that uh, have been taken over by <laughs> by uh, other even younger guys on these up and coming teams. Uh, and then a, a current teammate of Torian Prince, I would say, um, a less exciting version of him is uh, Jake Lehman. Uh, Some people may have called him sneaky athletic uh, in the past, but yeah, he's got he's got a he's got a lot of athleticism for a forward size guy. I believe he can he can hit the three, but I've seen even less of of him than I have Torian Prince in, in recent years. So I'm less confident in that, but I think that means. Um, that means there's a chance for for him to be uh there for the Bucks if uh if you know if guys in our organization like uh like what they've seen. Now kind of different from these past few guys we've discussed, and also maybe more risky would be uh, a guy like Joe Ingles, who up until very recently, I would say, would be in the not quite gettable category. And he might fall within that now due to the fact that he suffered a significant injury within the past six months. So. Might be a lot going against him coming to Milwaukee, but if uh, if his rehab's going well, I mean he's about to have plenty of this past season and this summer to recover. So now I I would want him to be available day one, I, uh, you know, in order to to expend our limited resources on him, but he's, uh, yeah, if it all goes right, he could be an ideal veteran for the Bucks. I think it's just a greater question as to, uh, as to what his health status is. And I don't want to quite get my hopes up there, given my limited knowledge, but, uh, he probably would prefer to be on the Bucks as opposed to the Blazers, who uh, could still be an interesting team with getting a healthier Damian Lillard back and the retooling on their roster, adding uh, more dynamism on defense. But, yeah, much more unknown for a veteran like Joe Ingles, but there's a lot unknown with his status as well. Uh, 
Less exciting name here I have is uh, Yuta uh, Watanabe. He is a young forward sized guy who can shoot. Can you see a trend here? Uh, I don't know much about him, but he's gotten time with, uh, you know, a couple solid organizations again in the Memphis Grizzlies and now the Toronto Raptors, who, you know, they've, they've had, um, deep enough rosters where I'd imagine he we wouldn't see him at all if uh, if he wouldn't at least compete on defense. Uh, most listeners likely only really know him for uh, being posterized by uh, Anthony Edwards, but I don't think that's uh, that really says much about him. I think Anthony Edwards can pretty much dunk on uh, any person on this planet if uh, if uh, if everything went went his way. So. No harm, no foul there. And uh, what do we always say? Uh, if anything, we should maybe be commending guys for, uh, you know, for having the ho- having the cojones to still try and stop a dunk attempt from a nuclear athlete uh, such as Anthony Edwards. Uh, but can't say I'm an expert there. Uh, more rec- recognizable name, especially right now, is uh, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Juancho, I think he was he was part of at least one trade this past year. Might have might have bounced around even more than that uh, before the deadline. He has a six point six million dollar guaranteed deal. Uh, did he end up on the Jazz after it was all said and done? Um, he was on the Timberwolves recently, but he could have been part of many deals that they had with the Grizzlies. I know the Grizzlies, um, made, made it, made a deal or two with the Celtics. Uh, and I don't know why the Jazz are, are in my mind. I could quick google this but hey this guy's he's a free agent i'm just gonna say well and with with the cluster (laughs) that i also have of players uh next two guys on this list are also potential jazz free agents so once you heard and gonez has has a 6.6 million dollar non-guaranteed deal now the jazz this offseason could go many different directions so who knows who really knows how intriguing or rather how taxing $6.6 million could be on their books. Uh, I mean, I guess if we, it might be, it might be a safer, some people might say that it's a safer bet that one of that one of Mitchell and Gobert are, uh, are off of the team going into next year as opposed to them just running it back. Uh, say they were to though it's a very expensive team heck they're expensive either way with what with what just one of those guys uh, is making 
Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is not on a cheap contract. Conley's making $20 million. They extended Royce O'Neal to a fair deal, but fair deal is not cheap for Royce O'Neal. And yeah, I think teams are... Now, I think it's much easier for podcasters to say, screw it, if the Jazz trade one of them, they should just trade both Mitchell and Gobert and go for the full tank. Uh, Try and get the number one overall pick, and that's how they get their next star. But I think the Utah Jazz, just as an organization, have a lot of pride. And uh, I could definitely see them just keeping one or the other and uh, having a a Portland approach, just retooling uh, with guys who would be, you know, more happy to be there or would be happier to, happier to be there as opposed to where they're coming from. I don't know. Anyways, who are we talking about? Wancho, Heron, and Gomez? Uh, yeah, $6.6 million is... Uh, yeah. Is not a tiny amount of money for a team that... Uh, yeah, that maybe now more than ever, wants to be flexible with their cap. So I could see us being able to get Wancho, Heron, and Gomez. Uh, I mean, heck, he might be like 6'9", but I don't think he moves moves well uh, laterally, so he could give up some on the defensive end, but... Maybe his 6'9 frame gives him somewhat of a floor to allow him to share share the court with other Milwaukee Bucks who can uh, like who was I? Oh, I guess like Mello, I said. Didn't think those two would be in the same sentence from me, but um, we could, yeah, we could fill in uh, their gaps on defense and we could create a lot of open looks and and uh yeah they can uh yeah really really uh spread the floor for our star players if uh if that ends up being an option for us and uh no i haven't mentioned watching the new adam sandler movies that he stars in i hear that he did a phenomenal job even uh you know not like you'd expect from an athlete, but being able to show emotion, being able to show emotion, uh, potentially crying on cue. I heard Anthony Edwards was spectacular. Uh, Clay Thompson uh, applauded both Edwards and uh, Kenny the Jet Smith to his face uh, on national TV for their performance. Uh, honestly, with the trailers, it looks like a decent movie. Though I had my pause, I thought about watching it last night instead. I rewatched Silver Linings Playbook because Netflix is about to take that off, uh, along with a couple other movies. That they're going to take off Crazy Stupid Love, which I just watched recently. That that's gone June thirtieth. Silver Linings Playbook is, I think that's what I said. Yeah, that is definitely what I watched last night. In case I misspoke, that's going to be off uh, next Saturday. You have less than a week to watch Silver Linings Playbook. 
Um, there's an there's another movie. I don't know. They might be taking off the other guy, which I also wa watched recently. Yeah. I don't know if this is really news to me just now for the first time. Or if I just forgot and it's sneaking up to me more as time goes on. But I feel like there have been several movies that I'm happy I watched recently because it's going to be gone. If that's because of you, Adam Sandler, for having to make another probably not quite spectacular movie and put it on Netflix. I'm not happy, but maybe I shouldn't be blaming Adam Sandler or Juan Joe Heron and Gomez. You know, just another idea for uh, for for the box set uh, for a forward option free agency with the you know with a valuable skill set. Uh, another guy is Eric Pascal. Uh, that's how I'm gonna pronounce it. I think that's what I've. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that's how you pronounce his name. I think I've I've said it incorrectly before. But um, I've really liked what I've seen from Eric Eric Pascal. Like a lot of these guys, yeah, they're n not on the books, and that's why we're talking about them as options now. So I've watched a lot of them, but Pascal. Looked like one of the guys that the Warriors would be hanging on to for a time like now um, as a flyer in the draft, and he seemed to burst onto the scene for the Warriors quick um, in the year where they were able to draft Wiseman number two. But, uh, yeah, they decided to move on move on, move uh, on from him and for not a lot of money. I feel like they, they got the Jazz got Pas Pascal, who played, uh, you know, played basketball with Donovan Mitchell growing up, so there was the motivation, if nothing else. But they they only had to move a second round pick or two to get to get Pascal, who, um, yeah, has uh has a lot of tools uh, off the bounce on offense. I've seen him make shots off the dribble, and uh, yeah, he's uh tall and strong enough to. I I I might have even seen him defend centers, um, but he's quick enough to defend uh, other forwards as well. Uh, yeah. There's a, I maybe have a little bit of hope there uh, for for Pascal, and but someone who. I've heard described as even more important for the Jazz this year was uh, Daniel House. <laughs> um, a lot of it came uh, in kind of disparaging talks about the Utah Jazz um, and their inability to defend um, and, well, their lack of flexibility on defense, mostly. Um but yeah, seems like for the entire past year, uh, analysts have been concocting trades to get the Jazz more help 
uh, on the perimeter on defense, saying that they need to get they need they need to get Royce O'Neal uh, more help on the perimeter, and uh, Rudy Gobert can only do so much with uh, you know Donovan Mitchell looking like uh, a complete turnstile on defense. We have. Um, I mean, I don't think that there could be any more said about how disappointing Donovan Mitchell was on defense. Um, we'll find out if he can if he can do better when he's maybe more interested uh, and engaged. But it's not like he didn't know that the slander would be there. But if he didn't do his best on defense, so maybe maybe we could see more from Mitchell if he moves on to a team. Um, where he, where he's not the number one op- option on offense, but I mean the Jazz offense was uh pretty good at least in in the regular season. So you know you'd think he'd maybe have more left in the tank, but uh, the mismatch, of course, it's been talking a lot about the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, and. Uh, I heard that someone interviewed Donovan Mitchell about his biggest adjustment to the league as, you know, still a young guy. Um, And he said that his biggest adjustment was uh, just his conditioning. Of course, he's he's an amazing athlete, but with with being in a star role since the very beginning of his career, uh, he struggled with finding moments during the game where he's able to take breaks. Uh, that's what you got to do when you're a star player. Um, we've even seen Giannis uh, struggle with that as he ran out of gas in uh, game four against the Celtics in the second round. But, yeah. House has bounced around a bit, but um, we've seen flashes as recently as these playoffs where he was uh, still a valuable piece on defense for a playoff team. Uh, I believe he can knock down a three. Um, seems like a great guy to potentially get for the minimum, and uh, but maybe not demand much else. I don't know. All right. Now, I'm going to jump over to big men, which... Of course, just comes with the territory. Um, Could be much more limited players. So, second reminder, temper your expectations. We don't have a lot of flexibility. Um, Now, I said last year, after, you know, we didn't re-sign P.J. Tucker... Instead, we brought in Grayson Allen, who is shooting guard. Uh, we, uh, you know, we obviously didn't bring back Rolo from uh, twenty twenty. There's another. There's no Urson. <laughs> It's been some time since we've seen Urson, unfortunately. We've just had a thinner front court in general, but 
you know, we've had Bobby for a bargain, of course. We have Giannis, who's, you know, able to plug as many holes as maybe anyone else in the league. And uh, Brooke Lopez has still shown somehow, even after missing so much time with his back injury, to be effective on defense. And, uh, you know, we only have so much money available to us. So I think just uh, as a principle, it might not be wise to put, um, you know, put too many resources in big men, but yeah, you know, God forbid one of those guys that I just mentioned goes down again, uh, you know, we could be in a, in a pretty tough predicament, uh, waiting to find out like Brooke last year, uh, if they're, if they're going to be the same guy and if we believe we can count on them, uh, you know, to, you know, to insulate Giannis a bit for all that he's going to be tasked with, with doing, uh, Yeah, I just I just wrote a bit about the Bucks. Actually, I don't always get to do with my writing, which is about all the NBA in general, but yeah, I was excited to do a season recap on them. Hopefully, I'm able to share it with everyone. Uh It's basically an entire season recap, which I guess I could stand to make an episode here. However, uh yeah, course it's impossible to talk about the season without <clears throat> or you know just you know outlining the roster how uh you know where we came from to where we are now and uh how that bore itself out over the playoffs and yeah having to trade Dante or just the possibility of having to rely on Serge Ibaka if things didn't work out for for Brooke was a big part of it. Serge Ibaka will come back. We'll come back up later. But that's enough of an intro. I'll throw some names at you now. I have Gorgi Zhang. I believe he was towards the end of the Atlanta Hawks bench. Hawks were have been uh, quite a deep team for a while now. Um, and they've had a lot of help in, in their front court, too. Uh, with uh, Dedman, another name who will come up later. Guys who are out of our price range, though, and Capella uh, and Collins. Anyeka Kongwu has been, um, you know, quite a revelation for them. But Gorgi Zhang, uh, you know, veteran whom I've seen stretch it out beyond the three-point arc with a lot of size. Um, yeah. I might like him more than the average listener. But, hey, isn't that the service I'm trying to provide here? I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to... I'm trying to give y'all a look into people you might not have thought of. Bigger names, though, uh, to come, who I think are uh, less likely, 
include uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. Of course, they're on the Nets, our rival. They, ch they initially chose the Nets over the Bucks. Uh, so, with other people I've listed throughout other positions, too, that, uh, that's definitely worth mentioning. Um, it could be a big reason why fans might not like me mentioning their names, but, um, I think, hmm, we probably saw more of LaMarcus than Blake this year, which I wouldn't have expected. Blake was, was, uh, great for the Nets last postseason, um, and giving them, of course, a, uh, a real shot to beat us in the second round, but yeah, we did not see nearly as much of Blake this year. Lamarcus Aldridge isn't getting isn't getting any younger, but uh, you know, hard to think that he's losing any of his uh any of his basketball IQ. Um, which uh, he's he's relied on to become a fair center on defense. Of course, he has the offensive skill set. Uh, it'll just always be a question if uh, if these guys will, you know, keep the level of athleticism necessary to keep them on the court. Uh, yeah. A guy who is younger, has much more athleticism than those two guys. Uh, but not as much size. Um, maybe. Hmm. I don't know if I would trust him anymore defensively, but you'd think has more room to grow on that end than LaMarcus Aldridge or Blake Grizzin and Blake Griffin as Montrez Harrell. Uh, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> and maybe, um, yeah, maybe it says something, but I thought one of the more questionable moves at the deadline at the time was the Hornets or rather it was the Wizards moving uh, Harrell for Ish Smith to come back to Washington and take a flyer on who is the young big man shoot Vernon Carey I believe so um, I believe it was Vernon Carey who went back to Washington and not Nick Richards, but, but it was another um, borderline rotation-level center from a recent draft, and Ish Smith, who's you know been on more been on more NBA teams than you can probably name off the top of your head. Um, perhaps the Wizards just wanted a familiar face and a guy who can create for others, run an offense. Uh, Wizards had an up-and-down year, to say the least. But, yeah. I thought, uh, 
I thought Trez just would have had a more more intriguing skill set to want to hold on to for the return that they got. But yeah, that's why some of these guys might be more attainable because you know big men are just um, I don't know harder harder to trust. Um, in a league that's becoming more and more defined uh, by, uh, you know, who's able to stand the court in, uh, you know, several different scenarios that it, that the opposing coach might throw out there. But yeah, Trez definitely had some fun, had some fun moments with with the young uh, Charlotte Hornets team. And uh, he'd br- he'd bring uh, he'd bring a lot more bite to to this Milwaukee Bucks team that uh, you know that can use a little more a little more oomph at times uh, beyond Bobby Portis, whom I will love till the day I die. Uh I mean, it's it's true though. Um, speaking of a little more oomph, <laughs> uh, Markeith Morris, who notably lost a lot of his year uh, due to um, the retaliation from Nikola Jokic, who came and pushed him from behind, and he suffered a neck injury as a result. Very unfortunate, but. Uh, yeah, Markeith won a title as um, the year before the Bucks did with the Lakers. Um, he had some real rotation minutes with them. Um, as a stretch big who's uh, sturdy enough to hold it down in the posts, which is what made him, uh, you know, interesting to the Heat. You know, uh, and. Yeah, that being said, it uh you know, it could be tough to to snag some of these guys from the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat who just like the culture there. Um very reasonable, but yeah. Heat could also be um Limited like us bucks in bringing guys back, uh, you know, because they might be more interested in keeping some of the guys they developed out of the G League, like Max Struess, uh, Gabe Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin, I believe, is the Martin twin that ended up on the Heat this year, and not Cody. Either way, you know what I mean. Um, but maybe a veteran, veteran minimum would be enough for him to stay with the Heat. Or who knows? Um, same idea, essentially, is Dwayne Dedman. I might have said earlier that Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Dedman was on the Hawks. He was previously. Definitely not this year. Um, Dedman's... <laughs> uh, through through the battles we've had with the Heat, Bucks fans might not be um, excited about him 
joining us, but, you know, whenever you get the Woj notification that Bucks are adding something, you got to throw, throw all that out the window and, um, you know, have the, uh, have the new Bucks players back. Uh, Deadman has, um, uh, size and, uh, stretch ability to be, uh, very helpful to this team. Fits the mold of a Bucks center. Someone who can spread the floor around Giannis, but um, also protect the paint. Now, um, people may have their hesitations with Deadman. Just, uh, you know, maybe he's not quite quick enough to stay on the floor at all times. But as a reminder, we're signing backup big men here in this case. So... How much are we really asking? Probably shouldn't be a whole lot. And uh, I've liked what I've seen from Deadman at times. He's had some good games against us. Why not? Similar mold, but even more familiar. Uh, Serge Ibaka. Um, I mean, we traded for him for a reason. We didn't get a whole lot out of him, but... I think more of that can be attributed to uh, just the fact that we didn't have to rely on him as much because Brooke Lopez came back looking great. I thought Serge had some good games for us. He had some double-digit games for us. He blocked some shots. Um, obviously has a valuable veteran presence. I would not mind having him back. Uh, I have Bobby Portis on this list. I don't think there's anything more I can say about Bobby. Uh, heck, was it was not five minutes ago where I said I would love Bobby Portis till the day <laughs> that I die. So, uh, he's on this list. You know why. I have Nas Reed next. Um... Very interesting, not very likely, um, unless it's due to what I'm um, coining the Grizzlies-Timberwolf issue of maybe just having too many good guys um, on a roster that you want to give more time to. But the Timberwolves, besides Carl Anthony Towns, who might not play up to his size. Uh, I think Nas Reed's size is very valuable for the Timberwolves. As uh, basically the, the only other true center on the roster. Of course, they got a lot out of um, Jada McDaniels and Jarrett Vanderbilt as some, um, yeah, as some versatile defenders who fit well next to Towns, but Nas Reed uh, gives them a different look as having real center size. And he's not guaranteed, but for only $1.9 million. So unless they're, they really have a roster crunch, which they might, uh, I don't think it's super likely. But real real center size... Can knock down a three. He's had good games against the Bucks. Sure. Um, 
someone talked about it nauseam on bucks twitter so try to be short mo bamba kind of the same deal as nas reed who i just talked to but a much bigger name because he was a top 10 pick not long ago um however he wasn't extended for a reason uh you know he has a really attractive he fits within a really attractive uh mold uh as a shot blocker who can knock down a three however i don't know if he is really um really played up to the potential that he had at one point now people i mean he was a top 10 pick though previously so maybe we just had too high of expectations and he has improved i think he had a solid year for the magic as a backup center so could he do that again for the bucks and maybe we would have more opportunity somehow than the magic who are going to be drafting a big man they have wendell carter maybe and i'm going to use that to digress again because i've heard people well basically i think i would draft chet holmgren number one a lot of people are saying uh shoot jabari smith should be number one though because he has the higher floor but if you're drafting number one is that really what it's all about I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jabari Smith has a lot of potential too, but I think, uh, but I'm not sure he, I don't think he has the same potential as Chet Holmgren, who's, could, who could be transcendent. And I think that's what you go for with the number one overall pick, but less less risky. I say all of that only to say that you cannot bring up Wendell Carter for a reason for picking Jabari Smith over Chet Holmgren. That is lame. Sure, you gave him an extension, and he had a and he had a good year, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he he doesn't have a. He just doesn't have that potential. And you have the number one one overall pick. You were not quite the worst, but you but you know within spitting distance of the worst team in the NBA. So you should not be saying you're not picking someone because of Wendell Carter, in my opinion. Didn't mean for that to be uh, as abrasive as it might have came out, but eh, just my opinion. Could be wrong. Smarter people than me. Uh, last but not least, I have Chris Boucher on here. Could be wishful thinking um, because he obviously fits the prototype of the center that I wanted to add to this list of a guy who... Um, who can stretch the floor next to Giannis, but will also definitely um, make it so that Giannis doesn't have to be the only shot blocker on the court and do everything uh, in addition to 
uh, scoring 30 points a night. But, of course, that's why the Toronto Raptors um, might like Boucher enough to keep him around as well. Though, and okay, this is this is the Raptors' M.O., but, I mean, also, I'll eat crow, because I thought they should have picked Suggs instead of Barnes, but those guys also have more potential than Boucher. At some point, something's got to give. You can't, you can't just have a bunch of 6'9 guys on the court I mean granted granted Barnes and Siakam aren't the average 6'9 guy in the league so maybe I'm wrong too maybe I need to watch more of the Raptors but you know teams need guys with different skill sets too so maybe that's why the Raptors may feel that they don't need Boucher as much uh, as it might cost to keep him. But Bucks also might not have enough to get Boucher in the end. So that's why he's on this list. Now, we're already beyond an hour here, but I'd be remiss if I, if I forgot to uh, do my prospect of the week. Like I almost forgot last time. Luckily, I didn't forget this time. And I'm excited about this guy because also um, fitting for all the talk we did about forwards, guys who uh, have two-way talent and were confident in being able to play in a series against a team uh, just like the Celtics, who are now in the NBA Finals. That's Marjan Beauchamp. Um, yeah, he's I've seen him listed at 6'6", 6'7" with a 7-7-1 seven, seven, wingspan, um, 197 pounds, so slighter frame, but that allows him to be a really strong perimeter defender who can guard uh, three positions right now, um, and maybe four one day, uh, according to Hoop Intellect, who I'm uh, getting a lot of this from. Shout out to them. Um Mentioned how Beauchamp had a real interesting story, too. I wish I would have researched more of this. Um, but he was a top 50 prospect. Um, he had ended up playing Juco. And maybe that's due to the fact that they also said that he he at one point sort of um, fell out of love with basketball and, you know, found found the love again. Not a great, obviously not something teams want to hear, but I don't have the rest of the story, so there could be, um, there could be, um, you know, um, valid reasoning for that. Um, either way, Beauchamp found himself on this G League Ignite team and posted uh, 15.1 points. 6.5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.6 steals. Um, he was a solid help defender, jumping passing lanes, uh, stripping it from a guy from behind, uh, maybe overcommitted 
at times. Maybe was ball watching a little bit. Might have lost his guy off ball. But um, he's trying to make winning plays at least in the process. He finds ways to get easy buckets. He lives in transition. I believe Adam Spinella said like up to 30% of his points he he got uh, were uh, in transition. He has a he has a real creative footwork on drives. He has a he has a quick he has a quick first step to get himself some easy looks. He has a strong feel for the game. Um, he can have a, a bit of patience to on offense to you know get a guy on a backdoor cut or just find a timely cut. He gets extra possessions um, for his team on the offensive boards, plays physical, uh, gets into the body body of the defense. And when he's on defense, he's uh, great at sticking his chest out, um, not letting a guy go through him, even though, like we said, um, Hoop Intellect had him at uh, less than 200 pounds. So... Not a guy who plays small, which you love. Uh, he's very quick laterally. His lankiness allows him to have some quality shot contests on the perimeter when guys are forced to take a take a step back jumper because they can't get past him either. Uh, shows some promise as a pull up shooter. However, that could be a product of uh, you know, people saying off of him, giving him a little more space on offense. And that's what they say is his uh, swing skill will be the shooting. Um, but still young, room for growth, shows flashes. Uh, Am Spinella even said that he might be able to score uh, in isolation one day. Still has room to grow, though. His... Shooting form is decent. Um, it's interesting. They said uh, he might take a little bit to like get his footwork set. Um, what did they say? He, he needs a little toe tap to get up into his jumper, which can allow guys to close out and block his shot too many times. But then once he, once he is set his jumper can be a little too sped up for his britches um so yeah bit of an inconsistent shooter he shot sub 30 percent from three um but um sam vicini probably my favorite uh draft evaluator um for the past year at least um talked about our former buck and pj tucker in respect to um rest of the miami heat roster namely uh duncan robinson and he said he would rather uh take a chance on a guy who can defend um and you know is prone to making winning plays like we said about marjan brochamp um you know plays plays bigger or as big as his size uh, yeah there are just 
ways that guys that guys uh you know exceed on defense in the NBA that you that you can't teach as well as maybe you can a three-point jumper now the Heat have had more success than the Bucks to be sure with developing talent um but still entering any NBA team you'd think uh they're gonna have more resources than before to to work on that jump shot uh Yeah. Um, like we said, has potential, maybe, um, to be, to be a pull-up shooter, um, and score in isolation, but isn't great right now at getting his own bucket. Um, it's too many, too many times as well on drives where, um, he's caught jumping without a pass available and turns the ball over, um, and, uh, Teams right now feel comfortable giving him space on offense. A lot of the shots he missed this year were were shots that he missed badly. Um, you know, despite seeing uh, quality looks from the opposition a lot of times, and he doesn't he doesn't have the tightest handle right now. Uh, right now either, uh, so. He's known to get stripped from time to time. Um, but, I mean, I say but, um, you know, in this range, late first round, um, we're faced with a lot of guys who you question if you should just write off right away as in like, yeah, they do this one thing really well, but is the one thing they do well good enough to keep them on the court? Um, and then the things that they, and then other limitations, just a non-negotiable in terms of makes them, uh, you know, not proficient enough to be on the court when you're in the playoffs. Maybe not a guy that you want to bet on. Um, of course, we might trade this pick. So um, I don't think that's like quite a bad idea ever. But if we're going to keep it, because now we don't even have Dante, who was kind of our one um, real... Um, guy with current, you know, current day value on any team, but room to grow. Maybe maybe Bucks are more likely to keep this pick as to, as opposed to years past, but we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, so I'm cool with making uh, win now swings, to be sure. Um, but Marjan could be... Uh, you know, he could be as close to uh, playing both sides of the coin with that as uh, as anyone else. Yeah, I think uh, Hoopin even said almost exactly that Marjan's kind of the um, best bet for 
um, for a solid rotation wing at this point in the draft. And I think that's ideal for the Milwaukee Bucks. But, yeah, we're now... And uh, also, I do have three... Yep, uh, three... Or no, we just talked about Marjan. So I have, two, I have two more guys to discuss before the NBA draft, which is... Holy cow, that's less than two weeks away. It is... 8, 9, 10, 11, it's 11 days away. So if I have to, I'll talk about two guys next time around. That might honestly uh, be smart. But uh, yeah, I love the draft and being able to dream along with some of these guys. So can't wait to talk about more options for the Bucks. If you hated some of the names that I brought up or think I'm a dummy for not bringing up other people, Feel free to let me know on uh, Instagram or Twitter, Nuck if you buck NBA, use just the letter U. Um, otherwise, tune in next time. Until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck if you buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.